Welcome to the huddle. I'm Bob Pangrazy, as you well know. And the PE huddle discusses and offers advice about issues and concerns related to physical education and teaching. Um, if I may, um, our huddle will, our next huddle will be in two weeks from today, but we're going to move the time um, to three hours later so we can catch you after school in case you're in session. So going forward, we'll announce it on our site and with all our announcements we send out, but um, we'll start at six o'clock Eastern time and five o'clock Central and three o'clock Arizona time, uh, which is also the same as Pacific time. Um, your professional development certificates are available to you at the end of this webcast or a few days after you listen to the recorded version. And as many of you already know, you can personalize those uh, certificates in any way you like to meet your professional needs. Um, just to let you know, uh, without Gopher, there wouldn't be a PE huddle and Gopher has a long history of offering products that support and enhance physical education. Uh, they released a, a, a new product line, MyPE Pack, which you can take a look at on the internet at mypepack, all one word, dot com, mypepack.com. And uh, in addition, I wrote many individual teaching activities to uh, that you can incorporate with the equipment that's in the PE Pack. So uh, kids can do the activities individually or with a partner at home. Uh, Gopher has been busy. Um, they're probably like you. They had a little extra time at home. Um, but they've reorganized their professional development websites into a common landing that we now call the Virtual Professional Development Website. And I thought I'd bring in Michael Ewan to share, take a minute and share it with you so you can see. It's, it's made it much easier, quite frankly, to find things. I've I've always complained that things are hard to find. And so I think they've really made a, uh, an effort to make it much more user friendly. Michael, you wanna share a bit? Sure thing. Yep, thanks for having me again on the, uh, on the PE huddle, Bob. Um, I'm gonna share my screen here and give you guys a quick update on the new professional development website. Um, once again, the, the URL for this is pd.gophersport.com. Um, and on this website, Gopher has been lucky to support professional development over the last four or five years. So we do have a pretty large selection of, you know, a combination between the PE huddle, previous webinars that we've done in the past, and then we also have a new series called Gopher Virtual PD that we just created. So if you go on this website and click on view professional development here, you can see all of the different professional development opportunities there are for you. As I mentioned, this is a completely free website. Um, you do have to register for it to get access to a custom certificate, but it is completely free. So you're able to sort through these different professional development series here. So you can sort by category or you can even sort by instructor. So I can even pull up Dr. Pangrazy here. Here we go. And here's all the different professional development that Dr. Pangrazy has been involved in. So some of his earlier pedometer uh, PDs or just some of these more recent PE huddles are on there as well. So once you create an account, you can go into, I'll just go into our virtual PD series here. This was created by our Gopher team members since we weren't able to join a lot of you at the uh, state conferences. Uh, because many of them are virtual, we created a series of virtual PDs for you. Uh, so if I click on this one, here's icebreaker activities to create a positive environment in PE. I'll click on the course. I can click on it up here, start professional development. And here's the video here. Um, I'll, I'll play it shortly, but not, I won't play the whole thing. Uh, So yeah, so these were all recorded in a gym. And then as soon as the video is done, you have to play the entire video to be able to download the certificate. Uh, but then um, I tend to have administrator access, access, so I'm able to download it immediately, but you would have to play the entire video and then click download certificate. And immediately there's gonna be a certificate of participation available issued to Michael Ewan. Here's the name of the course attended by Andy Tupin, Adam Herbst, and they completed here. So 
we're hoping that this is a solution for you, for anyone looking for professional development in the future. All of these, um, you know, webinars or professional development is a great opportunity for you to check out. So, Bob, I'll, I'll pass it back to you. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to uh, email us at customercare at gophersport.com. There's also a contact us page right here on the page um, if you have any questions. Oh, great. Thanks, Michael. I, I really uh, I really like what I see and it's so much more accessible. I think that's great stuff. I appreciate it. Well, let's, let's get on with our guests here. I've got two great guests today. Uh, first of all, meet Bill Jones. He's the Director of Physical Education at the University School in suburban Cleveland. And Bill's taught for 33 years and developed a lot of wisdom and earned several awards along the way for his teaching and coaching expertise. Uh, Bill presents at professional conventions and is respected for his expertise in physical education programming and planning. Aaron Beatley is a professor at the University of Kentucky. He prepares teachers, conducts research, publishes textbooks, and has been a guest on the huddle many times. Welcome, Bill. Welcome, Aaron, to the huddle. Uh, can't thank you enough for all your contributions and for sharing with our audience. Uh, it's good to have you both here. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, looking forward to it, yeah. Bill, let me start with you since uh, you're the uh, new guy on the block for today. Um, give, me a, give me a thumbnail sketch of your teaching experience uh, so people know what you're doing and kind of get a feeling for um, your some of your experiences. Well, I, I, yeah, as you mentioned, I've been teaching for a while and uh, I've had the honor to teach in all different types of settings from public schools to private schools, uh, boys, institutions, school, girls institutions. So I've had an opportunity to have a wide range of uh, experiences. And I have to be honest with you, the thing that's been the beauty, beautiful about the whole thing is I've been able to use your curriculum, Dynamic Physical Education, throughout all those. And it's been, uh, it's been a blessing and it's been extremely helpful, not only to me, but also to my staff and um, for the, my administration to be able to explain what we're doing. So it's a fantastic uh, piece of equipment. And now with the ASAP, it's made it even easier um, matter of fact, our whole curriculum has been set up this year through using that uh, wonderful tool and uh, looking forward to continue to use that. And as you continue to update, it's been fantastic. Well, thanks, Bill. And, and again, thank you for being here. You know, this is actually kind of a family affair. I, you know, I, and the reason I say that is that, you know, Bill has been out and visited our program a couple of times and Aaron, um, before he came to ASU to get his doctorate, I told him he needed a little teaching experience and Bill tutored him. So it, it is really nice to be able to have you both on. Um, that's that's uh, can special. I, can I say something? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Real quick, I'm, I'm, I, I've said it before. I said it last time when I was on with you and Deb. Um, I've dumb lucked myself into a lot of things in my life and I've been surrounded by great people. And I just want to take a chance. I, again, Bill and Chris Brockhagen, um, back when I was, young and dumb and now I'm just dumb, but um, took a chance on me and, and gave me a an opportunity and were so kind and, and, and helped me along the way. And I, I don't know if Chris is watching or not, she's probably taking pictures somewhere in Dallas of flowers, but um, I just want to take a chance to, to say thanks to them from Bill personally for, for helping me um, become the teacher and a human being that I am. Well, thanks for that, Aaron. And you know, you're exactly right. And Chris, uh, I reach out to you if you're listening. Uh, because I think the same of you, you and Bill are just two of the highest quality professionals I've been around. Um, Bill, um, what, what kind of, just to set the flavor for us, what kind of compromises are you going to have to make in your program this year to keep your students safe? Um, mask, obviously. Um, we're going to have to have assigned spots. Um, and I really do appreciate Deb. Uh, with the content she shared, uh, the last huddle, that's been huge. We've taken what we've already had and taken that and gelled it and made it useful to, for our program. Um, so we're, uh, we're gonna obviously the social distancing, our curriculum has definitely changed. Uh, we're focusing uh, on the uh, ASAP uh, skill focus mostly, mostly self or individual type activities. It's been huge. Um, and then we're figuring out through our health, uh, you know, our health department and our governor, just like most states are, 
figuring out where the lay of the land is as we move forward with other things. So we have part of our uh, student population will be in person in about a week or so. And then we also have a certain percentage that will be doing distance or virtual learning. So we have a lot on our plate and we've been working hard across the board. So. Aaron, give us a feeling uh, for the schools year round. I know you're out at schools and work with educators in the schools and, and then of course you train teachers. So you have to have a lot of thoughts about keeping teachers safe as well as you know how to run schools. You got some thoughts to add to that? Yeah, it, it's um, the teachers right now in this area are going through two weeks of pretty intense um, professional development and they're still working on exactly what it's gonna look like structure wise. It's probably going to end up being school to school, whether they're going to do live or on demand. Um, some call it synchronous and asynchronous, but um, to borrow from the kid language, it's and, and it's going to be different. Some teachers will be live every day for a half hour. Some will be um, creating the on demand, creating choices for students and, and putting their assessments together. As far as at the university level, um, a lot of our time is, is, is at the university is spent in the schools and obviously we're not going into schools. So we do have some dynamic PE ASAP uh, videos that we're going to use, um, but it is a challenge. And, and what I found out this week is we just started classes is it's really hard to talk in a mask. It really is. I mean, it, it kind of takes your breath and, and you can imagine I talk a lot in classes and we discuss and those types of things. And, and it's, it's this barrier that is physically there, but it creates some kind of what of a mental barrier as well. And it's uh, just connecting and seeing faces. And, and that's, you know, I spend a lot of our teacher prep classes talking about that. And it's hard to do and get discussion going because they have this barrier and, and they've never had a class like this. So this is the first week, it'll get better um, as we go. But it was just an interesting learning curve for anybody that's out there gonna have to teach you the mask on, just be prepared for, I, I hadn't talked all summer with a mask on. I go to the grocery store, I don't talk to anybody at the grocery store. So, you know, it's one, I didn't anticipate it, but it kind of takes your breath away a little bit. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good insight. And, you know, the one thing I, I have found that it, it does, I, I, I think all three of us are, are fast talkers. I mean, the, the words come fast and we think fast. And a lot of times you find the mask, you know, you don't suck in enough air. You can get lightheaded if you're not careful. And you have to learn to take that big breath and slow down. You'll get all your words out. And, you know, and I find I have to do the same thing uh, when I'm speaking with a mask. But in some ways, it slows me down a little bit. Bill, yeah, you got the same feeling? So. What's that? Oh, I just wondered. Uh, if can you, I add? Yeah. Can I add to that, Bob? Um, so one of the things that we're, we're we've, we push school back a week, a number of schools in this area have been pushed school back a week. So for faculty and staff training, um, we're going through what our students are going to be going through for the checks at the door. Uh, the parents have to fill out a survey before they come and take a temperature before they even come in. Um, so we're going through that process. Uh, the 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 uh, meetings we're having are, are covering every issue you can possibly think of. And uh, it's mind-boggling um, the, the amount of additional things that uh, faculty and staff are going to have to perform across the country, and uh, because we love our kids, and it's that's the thing that I love about my institution is we 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 know the importance, just like all other schools, that we we need to keep our kids safe. That's number one. We have to keep our kids safe. You know, I like I like that. And you do have to keep your kids safe. And I've always said everything, and I know you, I, I, it's not unique to me, you all say it because you care so much. But, uh, you know, when you do things, do them in the name of kids to keep kids healthy and safe and, and learning. But, you know, there's, a, there's an almost bigger thing to me, and that's keeping the teachers safe. And if we don't keep the teachers safe, then we we have nothing and we're right back to square one. And so that's one of my greatest concerns. So, um, Aaron, talk a little bit about keeping teachers safe. Um, There's been some talk here of, of teachers going into school to teach, which, you know, the thought is, oh, they'll be in their room. They won't be around anybody, but they're still around people. Um, so I think it's huge. And I, I, I think it was out in Arizona where the teachers were just refusing to go back and they're scared. They have these fears. And, and it's and I, I think we have to listen to those um, and provide because if they're not there 
or if they're there, but they don't want to be there, then they're really not there. And, and it just impacts the quality of what you're getting anyway. Um, so I think we have to take care for that and, and, and pay attention to those types of things. And as Bill said, I think there are so many things that schools do um, that take care of kids. And it, I don't even think educators realize how many they do, well, how much they do. But I don't know that we always think about, do we care about teachers? And I think that's one of the things that, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just, you get bogged down in other things. And so I think it's important to bring that back to the forefront and, and concern with what teachers are doing and, and what they're gonna be exposed to. I mean, just simply standing at the doorway as kids come in, you're exposed to 300, 400, 500 kids every day. And so those types of things. I'm, I'm sorry, Aaron. Uh, and Bill, I'm gonna let you jump in in a minute, but I wanna, Aaron said something I wanted to hit on because I know it firsthand. He was talking about the Arizona schools where teachers have staged sick out um, and not showing up. And, you know, there's always more to the story. And the, the rest of the story is these teachers weren't provided with good safety gear. And one of the things I'm going to talk about with essential health workers, uh, and, and I'll mention that in my closing comments, but those people pleaded and begged for masks and everything else. And, and we went out of our way. The government got excited and dumped in millions of dollars for safety equipment. Nobody has said a word about that with teachers going in front of all these kids. So, you know, this, this school decided that they weren't going to worry about that and provide all that stuff that, like the, the teacher said, I have a bottle of blue stuff and a rag. That's what they gave me. And so, you know, there comes a time when teachers have to look out for their own welfare. And I'll, I'll mention that a little bit. Bill, uh, did you want to jump into that? Yeah, I think that's, you know, our, we had a, we had a, uh, a meeting this morning about that and made, it was made very clear by our administration that if you're fearful or if you're sick or if you think you're sick and you go through the protocol please do not come for all the reasons you just mentioned and it was reassuring hearing us if you get to the door and you show you have a fever you go right home you just communicate that and so it was, it was kind of a load off um, i think the faculty and staff are hearing that and i think you know school districts if, if the superintendents and principals will say that make that clear that you're 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 protecting you're we're protecting you first like you just mentioned would be extremely important so i felt really good about that we have uh, some older older teachers and some you can imagine some of the the fears they're going through but uh there i think we're we're making the steps in a lot of schools around to where i am trying to make those steps to make it as safe as possible knowing that that if something happens do not come to work if you're if you're not feeling well or if you have that fear so i'm very thankful for that yeah and as as you should be and i i think that's uh i think that's important and i think the other part of it if you go back face to face is you have to train your students to stay away from you um as as cold as that sounds Yes. Um, for example, in the elementary schools um, where Deb works, um, her teachers are going to stay up on the stage, so they're elevated about four feet above all the rest of the students. And most of the droplets and everything go down because of gravity, so uh, that's the safest place in there. Um, I don't think you can afford to say students have access to you like they, you know, elementary kids will rip your pockets out and everything else. Um, saying, look, look, look. And I, I don't think we can afford that right now. It doesn't mean we can't be warm and caring, but we're going to have to have distance. Some of the high schools down here are making a semi-circle where students can't come into that semi-circle any longer, and they have to spread their bags out when they come in. So those are all things that I think we have to, to work on, and I think they're uh, high priorities um, for us. Now, Bill, let me ask you, um, are your are all your kids coming back face to face? No, sir. Uh, matter of fact, we found out actually uh, Monday, um, I would say uh, we probably have 15 to 20 percent of our students that are not going to be coming back. They're going to be doing virtual learning and then roughly roughly 75 to 80 percent are going to be in person. But saying that at any time, a parent is welcome to go either direction. Uh, to, to a certain degree, um, if you're oh, meeting, it's fluid. If if it's fluid in, in one sense, if you um, if you opt into the virtual learning or distance learning, 
then um, they would rather you, we're doing a trimester at a time because that allows us to figure out spacing, et cetera. We we have we don't we only have enough spots for the number of students we have at our school. So if you're at home, if you want to come back, we have to have a spot safe a safe spot for you. So they that's what the again our safety committee worked all summer. I know Deb mentioned it uh, with all those details, and we have to have our ducks in a row and figure out. The nice thing of today, in the last few days with these meetings, we're getting other questions about things you don't necessarily think about. And so we're working through those aspects as well. So, you know, I, and I'll say at the end, I'm going to say online learning is here to stay. I mean, after all, it's, it's literally running the universities, you know. <laughs> and, our, and, our, and our principal, our head of school said that. He said the distance learning is here to stay. In some form or fashion, we will be using it. I think most schools are using it. You can see it all over the country. So I think it's a yeah. good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. I, I do too. And we just need to get better at it. But I mean, think of a kid who has a, a, a long sickness or is injured or, you know, they, they move uh, for a short time, but want to keep up to speed because they're coming back. I mean, there are all kinds of things one could think about. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's for sure here to stay, but, um, you know, one yeah. of the things I might compare it to, Bob, was this, and this will speak to all of our hair colors here, um, but it used to be that you just, you watched TV when TV was on. That's what you watched. And then the VCR came out or beta, and I don't know which order it was, so you could record and watch a movie, and then DVDs, and then DVRs, and now everything's on demand. And it's kind of where we're going as a society is we see this stuff on demand and, and education's heading that way. I mean, there's a little bit, as I said earlier, with, you know, this is the language they use with Netflix and Hulu and all these other things that they watch. And, you know, I think that's where it's heading. And I think there's something to be for us as physical educators to use this and leverage it to, pro you know, in some ways get more physical education time from the time we spend them in the school and then beyond. And I know we've talked about the hybrid method, but I think that's one way to get more PE time is yeah. to do it on demand. Well, it's a mouthful right there. And, and I, I totally agree with that. And, and in fact, I could see uh, high school juniors and seniors doing all online um, physical education and going to a health club and all these kinds of things and, and reporting in online, et cetera. I mean, I think there are a million things where you can think about it, but for the short term, for right now, um, I think one of the things that's happened even with all of education is we don't plan for either contingency. We get frozen in the middle and we don't plan well for face-to-face -face and how it should be and what we're going to do when we're there, but we also don't plan for online. And so all of a sudden things change. Um, uh, I mean, I guess you could take the University of North Carolina, they open up and then a week later they close down. Um, you've got to have contingencies in place for that sort of thing going forward. And a lot of times I find that PE people don't plan for either one because they sort of get frozen in time. And I've always said, if you want, a, if you want a quality PE program, plan it. And we're going to talk about planning today, and we're going to have Bill and and Aaron talk a little bit about planning because I, I think planning is is everything. Uh, and I think Aaron, this might be a good time for you to talk a little bit about planning, um, okay. and then we'll come back to some of these other thoughts. So if you could just take a minute and run through some of this, that'd be great. Okay, my screen shared. Is that correct? Yeah, it sure is. All right. All right, so we've mentioned this several times on today and, and in other um, PE huddles that this whole idea of the dynamic PE ASAP curriculum, and, and there's a whole history behind this that I won't go into today, um, but essentially Bob wanted the, if, if you've used a textbook, you know there's a curriculum guide that comes with it, and the curriculum guide is excellent. And when you put it on a, in a, a web format, A, it becomes yours, and it becomes something that you can change around and modify and tweak to meet your needs. You could do that with the others, but you had to enter everything as Bill and I did when we were teaching um, in the yeah. old days. We didn't, I think we might've had an Excel file, but um, so just a little bit of background on what ASAP, it's, it's, it's free first and foremost, it's flexible and it lets you make the curriculum as you need it to be and as you want it to be. So I'm, what I'm gonna do today, just briefly, 
I'm going to run through some ideas of how this can work regardless of your situation. It, clearly, it was designed for face-to-face, -face, but if you have virtual, you could use some of this content. You could use some of the outcomes that we provide and standards. If you have a hybrid, you could use that. And then once I'm finished with this, Bill's going to talk about how he's using it with their school, with all the plans that they're making. They're having some kids that are online and some kids that are face-to-face -face and how you can use that. So um, just real quickly, up here in the corner, you have to create an account. I've already created one because um, I've used this a few times, but the you just put your name and a password in and write down your password or you'll forget it like yours truly. And then when it comes up, it'll be this, this video of Bob. And down here um, is, is a video series. And this video series will go in, in depth on the structure of the curriculum and how each is used and philosophical um, points and things like that. So I, I, again, I would encourage you to go watch those. Um, what I wanna show you today is a yearly plan. And as Bob mentioned, planning is essential. And if you haven't done much planning and you're heading into the school year, I would encourage you to plan. And this is a tool you can use to do just that. So if you click on this up here that says yearly plan, that will come up Tell me it'll come up. There we go. Um, with this dynamic PE lesson plans. And each one of these lesson plans are, there are 36 for K2, 36 for 3-4, and 36 for 6-8. Up here are the grade levels. So if I click on this lesson right here, this week one, K2, if I click on that, all the lesson will come up and it'll come up in several different formats but this is the view the details here if i click on view details movement freeze comes up as well as a video here at the bottom i don't know how fast this video is going to come up here i'm looking to see two straight lines with hands to our side feet together so this is a these lines is exactly roughly when you walk oh about a minute video that you can watch on how to teach that introductory activity then if you go to a the fitness, you can find a fitness activity and there's a video for it as well. The orientation, there's if you click on this, it'll give you all kinds of details. So it's there for you to make those decisions and, and make those choices. What I want to point out here, as you can see here, I can jog in personal space. If you're e-learning, you might want to be able to do that, or it could be that they can follow your protocol. So during an orientation lesson, your first lesson of the year, you want them to be able to follow directions and they're new directions to them. If they've never had Zoom calls or they've never had whatever you're using, they need that. They need to know what to, what to expect and how to handle that. So this is one way. So if you go back again to the um, yearly plan, it's all laid out for you in a yearly plan, but not everyone wants to follow this yearly plan. So over here on the left, there, it's, a, a, it's a book and it's, it says lesson builder. Click on that. and I'm going a little slow here. So it's usually a lot faster. I was just on earlier and it's a lot faster than this. So when you get to this, it's gonna show you all these templates up here. And as a teacher, what you can do, actually, I'm gonna talk about this card. Actually, I'll talk about this card later. You can pick, so let's say I wanna pick an introductory activity. So I click on introductory activity, all the introductory activities come up and I know that I'm gonna to have to teach a lesson in, in, with kids in six by six squares. I hope that's not the case, but if it is, then this is how you can do this. You can take this bend stretch right here and go for work extensively on this, and you can drag it right up there and drop it in there, and it'll stay. All right, so now let's say I want to do a fitness activity. So I click on my fitness activities. All the fitness activities come up, and let's say I know in that six-foot six square that I can do circuit training. So I drag this up, circuit training up, and I drop it there. And it's there now. And then I can go to focus. And I know I want to do bean bags, and bean bags are down here. I can drag it up, drop it. And then let's say I want to do a game. I can take it and drop the game. And uh, change size is a fun activity. I, so if you come up here, once I make one, it's here's my your lesson plans. And if I click on that clipboard. These are all lesson plans that I've created for other workshops and things. And you can see, again, this is the best part about this whole thing is I, I call this, this is mine forever. You can see I did some of the same activities. 
if I decide I want to move that up, I can move it up. And then I can click on it here. The lesson plan will show up. And then I, I can create a lesson. I can um, print out the lesson. Man. Uh, and then I have an entire lesson. With this, what I really want to point out to you is the outcomes are there. I can bend, stretch, and various body parts. That could be an outcome that you use later on. That can be an outcome you use for a virtual lesson. That could be an outcome you use for a face-to-face -face lesson. That could be an outcome you use for a hybrid lesson where you have some kids in front of you and some kids that aren't. But you have all of the outcomes here. They're all standards-based, and each lesson has an assessment. So when you get to this idea of, wow, what? how do I hold my kids accountable? We have assessments that focus on skills, if that's one you want to focus on. We have assessments that focus on the affective components. We have a variety of assessments that will be very user-friendly for you, and it's all laid out for you. It takes a little bit of work to plan a little bit and drag things around, but it's so much easier than, um, than some of the strategies that we've had to use in the past. So um, I want to turn it over now to Bill. Again, I just could want you, to give you a flavor for Aaron, what Bill's going to Aaron, could you pull up an assessment? About. Just showing an example of one. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. Um, and, and actually, I have one that I wanted to talk about. It, I know it's bogging down a little bit. Okay. Oh well. Nope. Here's where I want to go. There's one particular lesson. I'm, when this comes up, you're going to see that it's going to talk about learning and practicing and refining. And I want to be able to talk about this because I think this is an important assessment that we can use now with the students. Some of you have seen um, what teachers have a progression of all the way to got it. And we have a little bit of our own version of this just to um, show students that the idea that you can learn something, you can practice something and you refine and you probably never get to the point where you got it because that's kind of how the learning process works. Uh, here we go. It's taking some time, but all these assessments, again, they're pretty standardized. They're all based on outcomes and they're all based on um, the lessons that you're going to be teaching. So in this particular lesson, um, the lesson, the, the assessment will go with the lesson and go with the outcome. That's uh, one. Go down here to 33. Figure that would pick this one. Um, it's individual with lessons with mats. And if you click on this, view details it's going to have an assessment and you view the assessment and again this could be something you reformat for your students you can use this idea that doesn't have to be directly um, what students uh, exactly what we have here but you'll see this and it's based on the outcome again this is an activity this is a lesson where students are doing a wide variety of activities all things based on them using an individual mat or a yoga mat so this would be an idea of an activity you could do some yoga but you can see up here at the top, it says, I can use physical education equipment safely. And it says, when working on mats, I was safe. And students self-assess themselves, whether they were learning, if they had some major behavior problems, or they couldn't work with a partner or couldn't work by themselves, then they might click, they might circle warning, learning. If they were pretty good at it, they might click practice. And if they were really good at it, but they realize that, that they always can get better, then they might to refining. And again, these are just simple assessments, self-assessments that students can use to assess themselves. And again, this was an act a lesson. Everything on the lesson was about using, de developing skills using a mat, but the assessment you use is based on your outcome, which is I can use physical education equipment safely. So all of this is all there for you. The outcomes, which are based on the standards, the content, what you're gonna teach, an assessment, videos, how to teach it, it's all there for you. It's just a matter of you rearranging it. So if you drag and drop an activity, the video for that activity goes with it. And again, I don't understand all that happened for this behind the scenes, but I know Gopher and Bob worked extremely hard to make that happen and make that efficiency. So based on this, now Bill's going to talk about how they're using this in their environment to, for some flexibility. Right. Well, I tell you, part of the beauty of it is I moved from Texas to Ohio. And obviously the weather, the climate's completely different in those two locations, obviously. So the first, the beauty of being able to drop it in is and manipulate it is made it extremely easy. Before I had to go cut and paste and, and be able to change the title of the lesson to your format to, and, and show it to your principal. So you have accountability for, you know, for, for what you're doing for your school. It's fantastic. So what, what we've been doing, um, 
for this year, particularly, so we can use it in person and virtually, is we've been aligning our curriculum, um, for instance, uh, K through four, we've been doing our best to align our curriculum with either the subject area or the equipment to make it easier, especially in person for sanitizing equipments, um, for being, uh, if it's rhythmics to be able to do it. So it makes it easier, easier for us to be able to do that. So that's been the beauty of the whole system is being able to manipulate it compared to cut and paste like I've had to do in the past. Um, I the videos are amazing. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation that I do get to go out and share occasionally, but some schools don't have, you don't have professional development or you don't have access to it easily, or you don't get to go see other people teach. I'm very blessed to be able to do that at times. And with those videos, it gives you examples of other ways to possibly do it. When I was out in Arizona, as Bob mentioned a number of times, I've been blessed to be able to go out there and see master teachers teach in different ways to teach exactly the same skill or activity. It's, it's amazing to see different events and see different ways to do it. So that those videos are fantastic. And Bob, thank you for doing that. And I know you continue to add to that. And I know before the pandemic, you were going uh, gangbusters and I hopefully you'll continue to be able to do that as you go. But uh, like the climbing lesson, uh, the traverse wall, um, I, we, I mean, we were doing some of the things that are on there, but then we learned a few more things watching those videos. So the curriculum is it's very easy to use and to manipulate it. What we're doing for virtual or distance learning, we're taking some of those lessons that are appropriate. And what we're doing instead of teacher cues, we're manipulating same parent cues. So we're being able to take it, we manipulate the lesson, pretty much the same content, but giving cues to parents to be able to help their sons or daughters out has been very helpful. We've got really good feedback from, from that as well. Um, our, uh, we've, we've had parents send videos in, them doing those activities, and we're able to utilize some of those so we can personalize it. So, you know, if it's the walking lesson or the beanbag, you can have Aaron that's, you know, actually, you know, he, all the boys or all the students in this class know him. And they see him actually doing those activities with a beanbag. So it's, 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 a, it's, very, it's a fantastic tool. And as Aaron said, it's free. I mean, I, I mean, I remember being in college and buying different editions. I love your book, Bob, but the amount it cost, it, I mean, it can be tough, especially if you're a new teacher. So this, this is fantastic, and the way you're giving back to our profession is, is, is amazing, and, I, and thank you so much for doing that. And not just for me, because I mean, I feel like I'm an old dog and I can do a lot of it and manipulate it, but for new folks, and my staff has learned tremendously from this. Oh, thank you, Bill. I uh, appreciate that. Well, <clears throat> um, Bill, what'd you learn last year uh, in your online learning that you're going to be doing different with this 15 to 20 percent of students you're going to have this year? Well, we're going to the the we've learned that it's not going to be 45 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever your class period. We learned that they only could handle 15, 20 minutes max. Um, so we we realize that's going to be important that uh, we keep it keep it down. We do some fun activities. Um, and uh, get them out and get out in fresh air, especially if it's a beautiful day. Um, we really recommend that for our parents. And the activities that we send home to our parent community, um, it's very important that you give activities that are easy for them. I know you've written on that, uh, Bob, the importance of being able to just get out and get fresh air and doing those activities. And I called today, we had a departmental meeting, and we were talking about that. We want a menu of activities, and um, a menu for our parents to be able to choose from and they can add to it. And if, they, if they're doing something fun that we haven't thought about, I had a boy last spring that did his own video completely off basketball and, uh, and he was proud of it. And uh, you know, it, it, so it's, that's one of the, so the biggest difference is making sure there's enough information to give a variety for our, for our parents to choose to help their sons and their daughters. And, and we felt like that's, that's probably the biggest thing we learned. The more variety we can give them so they can choose, it will be extremely helpful. You know, I, I want to ask you a question, Bill, um, and I think I'm assuming right here, correct me if I'm not, but I, I think you're a pass-fail PE program, right? Yes, sir. Sure. And um, how, how do you feel about pass-fail for physical education and online learning, and do you think it devalues the program in the eyes of your faculty? Not, 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 not whatsoever. It's... Um... I feel that, and I know I've learned through the years that we want kids to be active. I know you've said it. I mean, all the research and literature shows that. And whatever way we can get kids to be active, extremely important. So if you have if you have a, if you have a student that's struggling, but they're trying and they're trying to get better, whatever it might be, why would I fail them? And for instance, if a, if a, if a student forgets their pair of shoes 
and it's safe for them to participate, why am I going to fail a kid that's out there trying to participate just because they bought to got a piece of equipment? So philosophically, that's what we feel as a department at, at, at my at my school. Um, and and we feel like we see them enough that we can, we can give input if a, if a if a child or student struggling we feel like we can communicate that to the to the parents and we do so. Aaron, uh, good good thoughts, uh, Bill. Aaron, uh, you know on that down that same avenue, I just like to get your feeling about um, you know with online learning, it's a it's a tough one for assessment and evaluation and grading and all that. How would you feel about a pass-fail with online learning? Yeah, I mean, I think it relates to this a little bit. I, I always talk to our students about not making sure that grading and grades don't get in the way of learning. And I think at times we get students concerned so much with their grade, and I get it, especially at the university level, I get it, grades are their currency. They have to have a certain GPA to maintain their function, to maintain their scholarships, et cetera. Um, but I really want them to focus on what they've learned. And I think that's one of the things I talked about a little bit last um, last week with Deb is this idea of giving assessments back to students and letting students decide how they assess themselves and whether it's if they can upload pictures of themselves doing it or if they can write or one of the um, assessments that I can get a chance is, is, is students um, in ASAP, we have an assessment where students rank activities. So they, you give them a list of six activities and they rank it. And what that does is it starts to get them to think about why do I like certain activities and not other activities, which you can grade on that if you have to, but it starts to get them the big picture is they start to learn about physical activity. And I, I think that's, especially now, that's an approach I think is, is becoming a little more common. Um, because I think we want them to learn about physical activity and learn what it means to them and learn how, what they like and don't like. And I mean, that's one of the things we talk about with you know, exposing students, especially kindergarten, first, second, expose them to a bunch of different activities and let them start understanding what they like and don't like. And I think that relates to our assessments as well, where if that's our philosophy, then we have to assess that and get them to think about the activities and whether it's pictures or writing or whatever they do um, to get them to, to really, for us as teachers, to to make sure they're learning. And oftentimes it seems to me grading and assessments get in the way of that. I mean, again, maybe it's a philosophical thing, but um, I think we have to be careful of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry, Bob. Well, essentially that was one of the things we were discussing in our departmental meeting today is how are we going to assess the that the students that are doing virtual learning? And, um, and that's basically what we talked about is you know if for kindergarten through second they can they can draw what they're doing they can th draw themselves throwing a football they can throw in a short video that they're throwing the football with with their you know their brother or sister um you know and then you know an academic not academic a um a um physical activity journal for our older students our middle school students and they can video themselves doing some stuff we're trying to figure out what's the right mix of how often to assess that's the thing that we're working through right now because we do have in-person and how do you how do you eat make in-person versus virtual learning and you know what that's where the pass fail comes in if you're if you're out walking your dog you're out gardening you're out throwing the football you're shooting baskets you're throwing the frisbee at home and you're doing you know you're you're, you're playing the frisbee golf here at, on in person how am i going to judge the difference between two they're out there getting fresh air they're being physically active and that's how that's how we reward them so we that's that's I think that's a huge thing to consider when you're especially the the virtual learning how are you going to do that? Well, uh, you know, you make a good point, Bill and 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 Aaron as well. Um, and and I could just say to you, to, in in simple terms, I always reduce things, but in in terms of my life and being an active human being, it's a pass fail situation. I either do it or I don't. And if I don't do it, I've failed, and I've failed myself. So uh, one could say, you know, if uh, part of education is to prepare students for life uh, and give them attitudes that they can take in out into life, uh, nobody grades my walk in the morning, A, B, C, or D, uh, nor do they grade me on a lot of other things. I'm grading myself and pass-fail is pretty much um, how it works. So, you know, I, I know you guys are expressing your philosophy, but you know that that may be uh, a real way life is and and certainly i i've i've said i think this online learning thing should 
make us take a good solid look at lifetime activity and doing things for the joy of activity and without competing against somebody and doing it because it brings us happiness and joy and we're self-motivated. Aaron, did you want to add into that? No, I agree. So really, are your walks in A or B? <laughs> um, well, you know, probably with age, if you were to take me where I was, you know, years ago, I probably found out. You know, I know you. Yeah. You know, you kid about that, but uh, one of the things I say is we always teach kids that wow, you've really done well if you've improved how many push-ups you've done or how far you've walked, etc. But all of life, after you get about 23, 24, um, all of life is a downhill run. Amen. No matter how hard you train, you're going downhill, I promise you. And, yeah. and you're, you're going to run out sooner or later, and, you know, then then you're going to lay down on the job, and that'll be it. Yeah. Um, but my, my point is that if we teach our kids that the only time they're doing well and the only time that what they're doing is worthwhile is when they're striving to improve, we've taught, taught them the wrong attitude because life isn't that. Life is maintaining and trying to hold on to what you have and accepting life gracefully. I always, I, I used to exercise with an athletic director um, at ASU and, and he always, he, one day he said, I'm through playing handball with you. Um, he said, I've learned that aging is giving up gracefully the things we can no longer do. Um, and I'll stick to the things I can gracefully do. And he says, I think it's time for walking. And <laughs> So, you know, it's all, it's all worth thinking about. So, um, you know, we did get a comment and um, I don't know if we hung up, Aaron, whether uh, when we're done, if you could spend a couple minutes uh, on a loan and maybe have Bree uh, cut us out. I don't know if that's possible or not, but a lot of people wanted to know, or not, not a lot, but a, a few people just didn't understand the drag and drop and how to okay. create yeah. them because it was so slow. Yeah, um, no, I'd be happy we, to. We had a huge delay on our end. So maybe let me uh, let me leave you with a few thoughts and then I'll leave Aaron on and Bill, you and I can sign out and uh, Bree, you can see if Aaron connects with uh, someone who wants to stay on and we'll yeah. have fewer listeners and that sort of thing. Uh, let me give you, let me always like to share a few thoughts with you and. Uh, before I do that, Bill and, and Aaron, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing and what you've added to the profession. Thank you so much. So, thank you. Thanks, Bob. Uh, let me leave you with a couple ideas. Virtual education and social-emotional learning. Uh, sometimes I think people think they're mutually exclusive. And sometimes the way we've done virtual education, they are. If you put on somebody else's video and then you never show up, you just tell them, go do that video. Yeah, there's not much social emotional learning there, but you need to learn how to become a better online instructor while your students are learning how to succeed online. Think of all the positive things we can learn through internet sites. It's a rich mountain of information and it can benefit us and our students. Some student instruction must continue to be online going forward. Universities have been doing it for years and we must prepare our students for all types of educational settings and venues. There are a lot of ways to experience social emotional learning. Um, think how quickly young, uh, young people learn social media. If they can learn social media, they can develop socially online with some of our instruction. However, uh, you know, uh, it's not to say I don't believe in bringing kids back to school. I certainly do, and I love face-to-face at all levels, including the university. But much learning can take place outside of school and through online experiences. It's important to use all modes of learning to educate our students. It doesn't have to be sterile and cold. There are many ways to make it exciting and interactive. Instead of complaining about what students are not experiencing, we need to celebrate new ways of making virtual learning more effective. It is a time to put yourself in front of the camera and be fun, alive, and exciting to your students. Back to school, protect yourself. It's a matter of time as to when we are going back to school. Looks like in Arizona, probably three weeks, four weeks, 
And by back to school, I mean face-to-face. It is important that you as teacher, because we've been online for two weeks already, think of how much healthcare workers rightfully complained, pleaded and begged for safety equipment. They are true heroes, but so are you. you. But you must speak up and make sure you are protected. Going back to school is a complicated issue that demands the advice of healthcare workers, teachers, parents, administrators, school boards, and government health agencies. Uh, boy, I've watched some of these uh, school board meetings uh, in Arizona. I sometimes worry there's going to be a fist fight uh, between those who think they should go back and uh, those who think that it's not safe. But regardless of all that, you must take care of yourself. No one else will. Speak up for all the protection and space you need. It is your life at risk, also at risk are your family, your parents, and your colleagues. Speak up. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a saying that the Navy SEALs use to help them adapt to some of the most rigorous and difficult situations ever. Plan ahead, but take life one day at a time. You don't know what the situation will be in a week or month. Get comfortable. As teachers, we control our classroom environment and right now the pandemic is somewhat in charge. I often speak about creating a classroom environment in which you can live comfortably. Do the same with your life. Take time for you. Exercise more now that you are sedentary at home. Learn healthy eating habits. Worry less and be comfortable with the unknown. And finally, it's okay not to be okay. We often judge ourselves when we get down, experience sadness, or feel fearful about the pandemic. This often produces personal guilt and shame. It creates a situation where we feel bad about feeling bad. This negative cycle prevents us from healing and solving the problems facing us. Research is clear. It shows that when we accept our negative emotions rather than dismissing them, our emotional health is positively affected. Those who avoid looking at these emotions often feel worse. Balance is everything. Enjoy your positive emotions and learn to acknowledge and live with less positive situations. It's okay not to feel okay. And don't forget about your students. They too need to hear good, honest assessments about the situation rather than, oh, everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. Instead, listen to their feelings and maybe say, yes, this is a difficult time. I'm sure it makes you sad at times. And then give them time to deal with their feelings rather than trying to fix them. A lot of people get in trouble in marriages because they try to fix the other person's feelings. And instead, acknowledge them, check in with them later and see how they're feeling. School's gonna be starting soon. To all you heroes out there, the pandemic has shown the world that teachers are a really important and integral part of society. They're fighting for you to come back. Thank you all for being essential providers. I appreciate you all. Now, having said that, um, I'm going to leave and I'm going to uh, thank Bill and Aaron again. And Bill, you and I'll check out and Aaron, if you're still on and it works out, maybe you could share with something that'll run a little bit faster. Yeah. Sounds Thank you. good. I'm more than happy to stick on. So if you want to see some of the ideas I was going to share, stay on. I'll be on for a little bit. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thanks guys. All right, Bree, can you give me control? All right. All right. Thank you for sticking around if you're still here. I greatly appreciate it. Sorry for the glitches. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to start kind of how I started before. I think the important piece here at A is to get yourself an account and get your um, uh, password and things up here. The, the key with this, again, go to these videos, this video series with Bob. 
it'll be very helpful for you um, to, to see some of these things and, and, and see Bob explain the background and, and just as well, and you can backtrack it and that kind of thing. Um, but if you go to yearly plan, There we go. Um, the yearly plan shows up. This is, you're not going to change this. This is exactly how it used to be in an old book that Bob wrote called his curriculum guide, Dynamic PE. And it's all laid out for you. This is the cookie cutter. This is the, it's ready for you. And all of that information is in there. So you're not going to drag and drop anywhere in this yearly plans. This is laid out week one, week two, week three, week four. You can go in and save to your plans. You can watch videos. There's all kinds of things you can do with this part. Where it comes in the drag and drop that I think is, is again, it's, I think, pretty cool, um, is with the lesson builder. So let's say I'm, I'm coming in here and I agree. I say, okay, Beatley, I want to hear what you, I, I think this is great. And I want to create my first lesson. And this is what I'm going to do after I orient my students to how things work online. So I'm going to come, I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to say, I want to find, I agree with you, Beatley. I want a four-part lesson as well. So I'm going to go to lesson parts and say I want an introductory. Introductory activity is basically our version of a warm-up. So it's a simple activity. It's designed to get kids moving quickly. It's designed not to go very long, two or three minutes. And one that's a great one that you can do, bend, stretch, and shake. So I take that activity, and when I drag it, notice the little square here goes with – why did it not take it with me? Anyway, it's there. And when I go to show when I go to show the whole lesson, that that video will be there. So let's say I want a fitness activity. As I said earlier, my fitness activity is circuit training. So I'm going to take circuit training. My boxes are still up here, and here's circuit training right here. And I'm going to drag circuit training up into that box, and now it's there. So the next part of my lesson, what we spend on a lesson is the bulk of your lesson. It's the content of what you're going to teach. And let's say you're teaching online and you know your kids, they might not have a bean bag, but they could have socks and they could have a sock and they can learn what you can learn with um, a bean bag. So you scroll down here to where the bean bag is. Where was it? Bean bags. And you could, if you wanted to, you could search up here by equipment pieces um, and a list will come up here in alphabetical order, bean, vault, bean bags or bean bags, bowling pins, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so you could search by that as well. Let me go, all, all equipment's in there now. So if you go and if you're coming back to school and you know that you're only going to be allowed to use equipment that you can wipe down, like hoops, then you could search for lessons that include hoops. Or um, if you have vinyl bean bags, or if you have playground balls, or whatever you want to use, and you could search by that as well. So I take this lesson here, the bean bags, and I drag it back up. And it goes right there. So now I have that there. Then I have my game. Our last part of our lesson is a game. So I look up my lesson games. And let's, what was I trying for that wouldn't drag? Change sides. Change sides is an activity that essentially kids start on two separate lines and you have them change sides without touching each other. Well, if you have them six feet apart and have them changing sides, it's a great way to teach social distancing and spacing and things like that as a so it's a great activity to do early on and to teach kids about spacing as well. So I just dragged and dropped a whole lesson. Now I want to save that and I, I want to keep it because I want to be able to use it next year or future lessons or whatever. So I save this lesson plan. Now, when I save the lesson plan, it'll come up like this. This is the exact same thing I just got. Bend stretch. It's just in a different format. Circuit training, bean bags, and change sides. All the information's here, the videos are there. This little check mark means there's an assessment. This is all K through two activities. They're all color coded. These are the standards they address, standard one, four and three, four, three and one, standard two. Here are the outcomes, they're all there as well. So I can catch a tossed bean bag demonstrating two of four cues where you can assess that. Might not be a bean bag, might be a sock, but you can assess that. So I edit the plan and I can go in here and save it as well, I can go in here and save it as COVID. Well, all right. Hitting something funky here. I can save it as COVID week two. And I can type anything I want here. I can save this as any kind of description and I update the lesson. 
Okay, so that lesson is updated. Now you can do this repeatedly. You can do week three, you can do week four, you can do, you could call it COVID week one e-learning and that's the activities that you do. So what will take some time, as I mentioned earlier, what will take some time is you going through and reading some of the activities if you're not familiar with what we call them versus what other curricular or what you've called them in the past. Um, but there, there are tons, I mean, I think other than the team sport activities, most of the activities can easily be modified. And I would argue the team sports ones could probably be modified as well. So I saved that. So that was under this uh, drop or this pull out here that says lesson builder. Now, if I go up to this clipboard up here and I click on that, these, this comes up, my, it comes up your lesson plan. So this is the lesson plan that I've created. So I click on that and there it is, COVID week two. And it's all there for me. And that's where I did earlier where I can do the print my yearly plan or print my lesson plan. There's all kinds of things I can do from here. Now, if I decide I do this and I'm like, man, I really like that lesson. I'd like to move it down in the year. This is what I was talking about earlier as well. It's really cool. And again, I didn't realize how much this took to make something like a website do this because a lot of websites do this, not PE websites, but other websites where you can just drag this down and I can drop it right there. I can go in and edit it and call it week four now, lesson plan. And there it is week four, bench stretch, circuit training, manipulative skills, change sides. Now, again, if I had called this earlier, I said, this is a lesson that I can do in a six by six square. Well, maybe call it COVID week four, six by six or COVID week four outside and have those lessons in here that you can go to. It could be, I have a colleague, good friend, of ours, we just had dinner with him this weekend and she's gonna be responsible for teaching a half hour in front of, of the camera live. So that's kind of what Deb talked about last time, where you could add in your own mind, you could add social emotional learning, then I could do bin stretch, then I could do circuit training where I just show a card of activity the students do. It's the same idea. Again, if I click on this, the circuit training outcomes, I can identify fitness activities that are challenging for me. You can do that for a camera, you can do that virtually, you can do that face to face. As the teacher, that's your target. Don't get lost in all of these. Oh, well, I have to do crab walk. How can they do crab walk on a camera? They can't move the camera around. That's not, don't get lost in that. Get lost in, I can identify fitness activities that are challenging. Ask kids, if, if you're marching in place and it's not challenging, what can you do? You could move your arms faster. You could move your feet faster. You could go side to side. Those are the types of things you can teach by having this outcome there. It might change a little bit. This is where we have to be creative as a teacher but it's all there for you. You don't have to come up with outcomes. Again, I wish I could show you right now. I have an Excel file that has, I think when I created help create these outcomes, I think there's like 500 outcomes that we used. So there are about 500 different outcomes that are here. There are assessments that go with it. Let's just look at this beanbag assessment, see what it is. The beanbag assessment, I think this one's a skill related. Um, yes. So as a teacher, I mean, if you have to do this, if you're, if you're forced to do skill development or skill assessment, you could do this with your students where my cues are watch it, move, reach and soft hands. So as a teacher, I ask students to do that with a beanbag in front of them. And I watch, you can see my outcome. I'm pointing to it as if you can see me pointing to it. The outcome is I can catch a self-toss beanbag demonstrating two of four cues. So can they watch it? Can they move? Can they reach? Can they have soft hands? As a teacher, you could watch them individually as they toss and catch and see if they do that and have this out and assess if you are if you have to do that. I would, as I said in the earlier huddle, I would rather it be learning and, and focusing on kids enjoying activity and what it means to them and those types of things. But if, if this is something you can want to do, this is called a teacher checklist. And again, there's beanbags and K through two. Um, so again, I think it was a lot of information here and it, it, it what I would recommend you do is go in and just tinker around with it and look around a little bit and see what you can find. I am more than happy. If, if you Google my name, Aaron Beatley, B-E-I-G-H-L-E, -E, I'm the only one in the world, apparently. There's another guy that's a uh, state trooper, but he doesn't have an email address, apparently. So email me. I would be more than happy to get on a Zoom with you, to email you back, to give you feedback on how to use this, how you're setting yourselves up, how you I can help you with how to set um, your curriculum up for the year, give you ideas of what I'm seeing around. 
um, and, and help in any way that I can. I, I think it's important that, that someone's there for you, as Bob said, taking care of yourself. Things won't go probably as you want them to, but there's no sense in sitting worrying and festering and getting frustrated with something when I'm more than happy to email you back and help you. So um, again, I thank you for sticking around. I just wanted to give you a little bit more feedback. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think Bob's still on here. Bob, is there anything else yeah. that you can think of that you covered? No, I know. I think, uh, you know, and they can print it out as yes. on an eight and a half by 11, or they can print it out on five by eight uh, cards. So, so you can print this out here play with it. or you can go here. If I click view details, I'm getting myself lost here. And then I click print index card. It comes up, the video doesn't come up, but it'll come up like this and it'll print on a five by eight card. Again, color coordinated by, um, and that's a lot of Deb's work, Deb's a color coordinator. Um, but you have standards, the standards on there. I can bend and stretch. So as a teacher, you know, this is your outcome, what equipment you need. Um, and then here's exactly how to do the activity. Any teaching hints, like encourage creative responses. You can, um, once you print this out, Again, kind of Bill could have probably attested this in the olden days. We would print our cards out and then we would write ourselves more notes as well. Things that like a specific Mr. Holloway's class needs to work on this, those types of things that you can do. And it's five by eight, so you can get a lot of information. It's not a real small font. And it, the reason we picked five by eight, and we actually field tested this with five by eight cards. Bob and I spent some time actually folding the card and making sure it fit in your pocket. And so five and a half by eight fits in your pocket. So this is one of the cards, but if you go to um circuit training for instance and you you can print an index card for that as well so all the cards are there and you can again you can print it out on the one print the whole lesson plan out if your administrator needs a whole lesson plan you can all the assessments that are on here you can print those out and you can use those or you can transfer them probably you can figure out a way to transfer them onto your ipad or, or tablet and then again this is the fitness activity i can identify remember i said i can identify fitness activities that are challenging for me Right there it is. Here's the equipment you need if you need signs or hoops, cones, those types, and then all the activities, it's all there for you. The only thing you would need to do is get some music and, and you would be ready to go. Yeah, I think that's great, Aaron. And if they go and look on the website that Michael talked about earlier, all the PE huddles are listed there and yep. you can pull it up and ask your questions there too. And Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we get those questions and Michael will forward them to us and, and more than happy to help. Again, that's what we want to do with this during this time. I, I, I just told my students this week, there's no reason to, to worry and fester and all those types of things when there's resources out there, just to ask. It was one of the first things Bob ever taught me was just ask, don't try and figure out and reinvent the wheel. We, we, we made the wheel for you. It's just a matter of figuring out how to use it right now. Yeah, that's great, Aaron. That, I think that was much smoother. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for, there's lots of people, almost everybody stuck around. So greatly appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And again, we're here. That's what we want to do and help out and, and get this out there and have people, teachers using it and modifying it. And, and importantly, we'd like to hear back from you exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it. Just like Bill described that, that Bill has been very useful for us as we've gone through this and creating and getting feedback and things. So we'd love That's to have your feedback. Yep, and we will be back on in two weeks. Uh, we're going to have some neat stuff. Uh, in two weeks, we'll probably talk about creating a virtual gym you can use online and doing some things like that. So uh, we'll, we'll have some neat stuff coming up in two weeks. And, uh, and then I'll remind you once again, a different time. So um, check, it'll be three o'clock Arizona time, which is again, six o'clock Eastern and five o'clock central all right thanks Bree, for giving me control i just uh, stopped sharing so thank you all please let us know how we can help thanks so much everybody bye-bye thanks aaron yeah sure